Today, I had a fantastic conversation with Robin Clark. Robin is a feminist life coach for women. Her work empowers women to get free from good girl conditioning and cultivate a solid sense of ground within. I took two of Robin's workshops this past weekend, Feminism 101 and Anger 101. I highly recommend anyone listening take these courses. I learned so much about myself and how to heal my own good girl conditioning. Robin gives us actionable tools for making changes to the patriarchal dynamics ingrained in many of our behaviors and relationships. This is one episode I hope you'll pass on to the women and men in your life. Enjoy. Welcome to Let's Talk Love, the podcast that brings you real talk, fresh ideas, and expert insights every week. Our guests are the most trusted voices in love and relationships. And they're here for you with tools, information, and friendly advice to help you expand the ways you love, relate, and communicate. We tackle the big questions, not shying away from the complex, the messy, the awkward, and the joyful parts of relationships. I'm your host, Robin Ducharme. Now, let's talk love. Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Love. I, you know, today I have this um, amazing guest, and we have, we share the same name, Robin. So come on, listen. <laughs> I know it's something, right? <laughs> so Robin Clark is with us today. I want to thank you so much for being with us, Robin. Those of you that don't um, know Robin yet, Robin is a feminist and advocate for women to feel strong, safe, and self-expressed. You are a truth teller, an artist, and an intuitive and a deep diving woman, and. Robin, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I, I'm just so excited about this episode because I've been taking your workshops. I learned so much from you um, this past week, and I'm wearing my light lightning bolt sweater because, like, I feel like so many <laughs> things that you were teaching in these workshops, like I had lightning bolt moments. Like these weren't just aha moments. These were like, I, I felt like there's so many switches that kind of were. Is that not the words um, switched on or or flip the switch? Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I value your time and everything you're doing in this world to empower women, get us back into our own empowerment. And I'm just so happy that you're here. Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so glad the workshops had that effect. That is, that's always my hope and I'm happy that it happened. Wow. So first, do you have any idea how many people have taken? So I took your Feminist 101 workshop and I also Mm -hmm. took Anger 101. Any idea Mm -hmm. how many women people have taken these workshops? Like any estimation? Hundreds. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And it was a test run last year to see if people liked little like one-off workshops because generally I teach classes and they were like a huge success. So I was like, okay, we're going to do more of that. And I'll just slowly start drip feeding more and more of I just feel like they're building blocks. They're the building blocks that help women just begin to start like moving the ship out of being so other oriented and into like, oh, I have agency and now I have understanding and now there's skills and now I'm getting support on how to use them. And we can like actually start shifting how we're operating. Absolutely. So can you tell Mm -hmm. us, um, tell our audience about yourself? You're, You're a feminist coach and you did work as a counselor for many, many years, right? Forever. Yes. Yes. I felt like, it's funny. A friend of mine from childhood told me a story that when we were in, I think, fifth grade and transitioning to middle school, I have no memory of this, but she was really concerned. She would go to the middle school everyone was going to or this private school she was drawn to. 
And I guess I sat her down and made her make a pro and con list. And then I asked her what her five-year goal was and which which school would most help her get where she wants. Now she's like a really badass lawyer in Chicago. And I was like, she's like, that school was so helpful. I'm so glad because my parents didn't know how to help me decide. So apparently I've been working as a life coach since I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're in the right line of work. Yeah sort of an ordination. And when it became really crystallized, you know, when I got older, I went to college and worked in internships like a battered women's shelter. And then I worked with kids who had been abused. And then I worked in a locked psych ward. And then I worked with um, a rehab for gay men here in the Castro in San Francisco. And I just was like doing kind of social work jobs while I also went to grad school to be a therapist. I did not complete that, but I was trying that path out. You know, I was just like somewhere in this ballpark is where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. But there was never a job description that was like feminist life coach. That wasn't a thing. So, yeah. so that took time to have my own journey and distilling my own experiences and with also this kind of coaching guiding gift that I had as a foundation and just figuring out like, how is this all going to piece together? And then probably around, um, well, I guess when I was l- my late thirties is when it really was like crystallized. And over those next few years, which is, you know, maybe eight or 10 years ago, it's just becoming more and more refined. And then also the advent of Instagram, we could never have imagined what social media was going to be like social media influencer. That's not a job that I was thinking of as a child, right? So it's just like the opportunities wove together and here I am. Yes. And you, I mean, you have, you have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. And what, what I love about IG is, you know, it used to be you know, it used to be more like a Facebook, like a social media platform, connect with your buds and share pictures. But now um, for for those using it, you know, for this tool of teaching and connecting and learning and growing together, like I think you're doing a, a tremendous job because people can access this very important um, information that you're sharing and learn and grow together, right? Yep. So what totally. is a fe- like, what is feminism and what is a feminist coach? I think I think there's just a lot of misunderstanding around what feminism is. It's like rah rah women women yeah like no like you know fuck the men <laughs> you, know, like, like, you know like let's just get clear on what feminism is. Well, I think if you asked ten different people that are interested in feminism, you would get a variety of different answers because we're all standing from a slightly different perspective. Yeah. I think about feminism as being the antidote to patriarchy. You know, yeah. patriarchy is the system of. Um, dominating the feminine. And it's a hierarchy where the closer one is to a white, straight presenting, at least male landowning with money, you know, the the closer you are to that, that's like the top of the patriarchy heap. And then as it goes down from there, based on race, class, gender, sexual orientation, et cetera, you're more and more under the system that is trying to suppress and dominate you. Feminism is saying, no, 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 no. We're all equals. And this this sort of like a Rubik's Cube system of capitalism and racism and white supremacy, like this whole, this thing is just got to go, right? So but that's a big ask. So how do we actually in our immediate lives do anything about that? And I think you can look at it from an individual level, a family level, a community level, a societal level. Right. And there's people that have gifts that I think really focus on the different areas. And of course, we're experiencing all of that all at the same time. Um, You're not just an individual. You also live in a society and have a family. But I think different people's gifts really focus very well on different areas. 
And I think the area that I most focus on is the individual. Like how do you as an individual woman take stock of your immediate life and begin to breathe more agency into this? It's where you are becoming more aware of the subtle and maybe not so subtle ways that other people are making choices for you. And you bring more of your own choice and needs and power forward in your own life, um, which of course then affects families and how we are at work and how we parent and all that. And that's kind of like my little world, but that is by no means the whole world. There's, there's certainly, and I applaud them, people that are working much more, say like on the societal level, and that's much their gift. So in all of this, when we're talking about equality, shared power, um, shared humanity, Yes. Now we're in the realm of feminism and that's what it is. So it's not just, you know, fuck men though. It's, you know, there's a, there's a place for that, but that's not by any means the whole story. Yes. In my perspective. Yeah. So when, when we're talking about patriarchy and you talk in your, so I, I took anger 101 and you, you talk about good girl mentality in both, but I mean, a lot in, in, in your 101 workshop, which I recommend all your listeners, you have to take this course. It is so good about how important anger is and you do break down patriarchy right um and and you talk about good girl mentality so and how we as women are taught to suppress our anger like it's not you know this is something that women need to learn like we need to learn how healthy our anger is and with men, that's not something that they're that they're having a lot of issue with. Like, you know, if we're going to talk about like a broad <laughs> perspective here, like it's okay for a man to get angry with a woman. It's like she's a bitch. She's being like crazy. She's like, a maniac. Whatever words you know we have heard many times in our lifetimes, and um, around a woman being angry, whereas a man has to learn. You said like vulnerability. Like that's something that they're learning. To, they've learned to, or been taught to suppress. Yes. Whereas women, it's anger. So I was like, right. wow, I didn't understand that. I, I was, you, you helped me put that into words and understanding. I was like, yeah, that makes complete sense. That's great. I'm really glad that was your takeaway. I think people don't understand that. I will just put a plug in here that I think men need to learn how to be much more responsible about how they express their anger yes. and also understand that a giant percentage of what they think is anger is their repressed emotions that they don't let themselves feel and like only come out as anger when actually it might be grief, resentment, jealousy, sorrow, confusion, but they just, they're conditioned anyhow to process all of that as anger. So they don't quite have a problem with feeling angry, except they totally have a problem with feeling angry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) They have to learn how to deal with the the emotions that are below that. That's their work. Our work is, um, agency, voice, oomph, will, anger, oomph, like that right. thing that we were taught to just put down, you know, it's, it's almost like a, it's just been put to sleep. It's there. It's there. It's not gone. It's there. It's just been like muted. And how do you bring that back? Weave that into your whole identity. Cause it's very jostling for women. They feel confronted and almost scared of their own power because they realize that it's going to change the status quo, both in their lives, but also in how they think about themselves. And identity is very, um, it's a sensitive area, you know? So it's kind of like we have to like slowly learn how to integrate that and develop skills and tools for how do you actually responsibly express one anger, which right. is to say another is how do you responsibly and express your needs and your sense of self? Yes. 
So I really like the analogy you give on how, like, we are the castle, right? And you say this a lot in, in both of the workshops is around, like, mm-hmm. we have to be, we, you said women are trained to know what's going on with others. We're not as good at locating ourselves. Anger helps us see the parts of us that want others to respect us and respect ourselves. It's about coming home to ourselves and like we are our own homes. So I love the analogy of like we are the castle, right? And if, if, I'm, if I'm saying this in the incorrect way, you can help, you can help me. Um, and when somebody breaches the castle, like the guards are sounding the alarm, right? I can yep. see an anger, like that is the, it's like, there's an alarm going off here. You're going to feel like, oh, I'm getting, like the castle is being breached. Like this doesn't feel right. And it could start out as like annoyance and build up. But sometimes it's just like the alarm sounding, like, no, no, right? <laughs> like, yeah, there's no build up. It starts at 10. You're like, you know, yes. but sometimes it doesn't. It's you know, annoyance, irritation, frustration, resentment. Those are all the beginning of the alarm going off. Yes. The alarm being your own sense of integrity. That's like something's not right. Right. I'm being mistreated in some way. And and what what you're saying is like anger actually helps us see very and feel clearly when it's like the warning signs are going off and we are, we are being, um, well, we're being hurt, right? Like we know it. And, and so it's just like, and it's up to us to understand that anger is actually, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's the thing. I think we're so all, so many girls, women are taught like anger is very bad. Do not get angry. Like, it's just like, shh, keep the quiet or you're not taught a good example of, you know, some, like you said, vol- you could be a volcano, like you're raised around that, which isn't healthy anger, or just like, don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. Correct. And to, let's be clear, the volcanoes are the, also repressors. You know, when we're yeah. we're taught to repress our anger, and then there's a certain genre of person that just keeps on with that. They just stuff it down, like numbing and avoiding. And, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I, I cut out the, you know, actually, I'm going to avoid that conversation. I'm just going to watch this, you know, nine season show <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> you know what? I didn't catch on the last half of Grey's Anatomy. I'm going to watch that, right? <laughs> Like, exactly. I'm gonna watch exactly right. seven more <laughs> seven more seasons. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, and what was that ever again? You just, oh, I don't know, right? And then the, just the whole life is designed around avoid, avoid, right? But there's this other genre of person that will do that for a while, and then something in them is like, no, and like, and then they have a volcano, right? And some people that's really quick, but you know, they just go from stabilized to erupting very quickly. They're like hair trigger. That's true. But there's a whole genre, it's like repress and repress, and then it all comes out. And I think in both of these cases, these are people that are not, you could say not dealing with anger healthfully, but they're people who are very scared of asserting their needs in a direct manner. But I liked it, as you saw from the workshop, I like the image of an archer, mm. where it's neither repressing nor is it a volcano. You're being very intentional and direct with what you need to do in service of your own needs. Do you need to sit someone down and be like, you know what? We started this relationship under these agreements and I'm a different version of me now. And we need to reorganize how this goes. And I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm not trying to pressure you, but I can't go back there anymore. So let's talk about how we're really going to move this forward. And you just, and no matter what they say, you're like putting your stake in the ground about having a firm conversation around I've evolved right? And women are scared to do that. And they've never Mm -hmm. seen it modeled. They know avoiding and they know 
all manner of lashing out, right? We've seen it all. But what we haven't seen enough of is people lovingly, but directly and firmly speaking their needs. And that's, that is where anger starts becoming such an amazing tool because that frustration can give you the umph you need, but you have to be able to say what you need to say in a responsible manner. Yes. Which doesn't mean, you know, sometimes you're going to be mad and that's fine where you're just like, ah, right. But we're not clawing into people that's got a, cause that's a boundary violation. So we have to dial back on that. Right. I, one of my, um, like I, I I'm going through like a pretty shit divorce right now and we're going to get through right. it, but like, I'm, you know, I'm on the tail end here. So, <laughs> but when we were together, you know, I'm, I, and I, I you know, I've been taught, I've, I've got all the tools for communication, right? you know, I'm good. Like, like most of us do like that are in this community. Like <laughs> we, we have been reading the books. We're taking the courses. We're like following people like Robin Clark that are helping us with, you know, navigating all these challenges. But, and I'm like, and I, I'm actually pretty good with my anger. Like I feel, I don't feel like I'm like unjustly angry or, or like that I can't voice it, but I was with a partner and I'm sure a lot of women can um, relate to this. I was with a partner that was definitely not comfortable with my anger. So you know, and I'm, and I'm being, I, I, I say pretty responsible around like how I'm addressing things, but sometimes like, oh, I'm very direct and I'll be like, I am not happy. I am very angry right now. And I would say what I was angry about. And every time I would be shut down, just absolutely. Like, you know, I, I equate it to like somebody throwing like a blanket, like if there's, if there's a fire going and then like somebody throws a blanket on you, like they want it out immediately. Like yeah. not okay. Don't you dare talk to me like that. This is so disrespectful. You're Right. And I'm like, and actually I started to believe that. Like if you, if you're hearing this from your partner who you love and you're, you're trying to work out these differences, you're in conflict. And I'm hearing like, my anger is not good. And it's like, I need to like, shut up. And I'm, or no, he would never say those words, but like, and then he would leave the room. Like he can't handle it. Like how my parents never talked like this to each other and all this other stuff. So I'm thinking I'm not doing something right here. So like that I think is very common. It's extremely common. Men have a really difficult time with women's anger, but you know, said another way is that your relationship was based on a dominator model yeah. or he thought so. Right. So he thinks he's above and he thinks he can set the tone and the rules. And when you're like, Hey buddy, actually, no, I have needs and we're going to, ha- we're going to need to have a win-win strategy meeting here about this. Cause I'm not happy and I'm going to need you to be able to bend to me and meet me halfway. He's like, Oh hell no. And it's not going to go like that. And so he becomes more grandiose and tries to push you down to, to remain in what's comfortable and familiar for him. Are you ready to take your relational skills to the next level? Join us April 12th to the 14th, 2024 for In Bloom, a love and relationship summit. Real Love Ready is putting you in the room with 10 of your favorite relationship experts, including Dr. Gabor Mate, Jillian Turecki, and Dr. Jody Carrington. Learn from the most trusted names in love with a weekend of skill building, growth, and community. Be there in person in Vancouver, BC, or join us virtually from anywhere in the world. Head to realloveready.com to learn more and secure your spot. You can use the code LOVE15 to save 15% off your tickets. I truly hope to see you there. I think one of the hardest things, I'll speak for myself, but I think this is true for many women. One of the hardest things to understand is that male gender socialization teaches men to get their sense of identity from having someone to dominate. 
and that person's going to be their partner. Hmm. It's going to be people at work if they have, if they haven't the kind of job where they can sort of, you know, career advancement themselves enough to place where they have people they can push back on, push down on, <clears throat> but it's really home. Home's where it happens. And we're not taught that we're taught, you know, the prince is going to come and he's going to be charming and lovely. And it's going to just be roses and sunshine. And I think what a lot of women find out, especially in midlife is that ain't true. And the sweet man they may have married in their twenties has evolved now into a very different person as have we. Mm-hmm. And men who haven't divested themselves from their internalized patriarchy love continuing that model. And for those of us that are growing into more and more into our power, it's very threatening and they don't like it and they'll squash it. They'll do almost anything to squash it. And it's our job to be like, that's their shit. You know, because yeah. you're talking about, I almost took it and I almost believed I'm being too much, right? Because it's so compelling because it, it's so similar to the exact kind of parenting messages we received as girls, whether it was from our parents or teachers or whomever, that it's so seductive. You've heard it so many times and it takes a lot to be like, no, yes. I'm not a child. This isn't a parent-child dynamic. I will not bend to you in that way. It has to be win-win or this isn't going to work. Yes. And the other, you know, you, you talk a lot about the good girl um, healing our good girl. So many of us are taught this, even from our mothers who, um, you know, you, you give this example about your parents, right? How your mom was like Martha Stewart, your dad was Bob Vila. And it's like, and, and I think it's like, I really like, and you know, it's really funny, Robin, you and I are the same age. We're both born in 77 and we both have the name. We're the same like, name. Yes, I know. Like, I'm the, what's your birthday? No. <laughs> in May. Are you a Taurus also? No, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> but I could relate to this, right? Because um, like my mom was a very, very strong person and so was my dad, but I could see the ways that she would change her own behavior because, you know, oh, my dad's home. Okay. And you, you make this, you, you said, you say the things that were happening in your own house. It's like you wait for your, your, your mom would make this nice meal. You waited for your dad to come home after he comes home. Okay, wait, now dad's having a beer and you guys are all waiting. You're like, hello, dinner's ready. And it's like, but like, what are we doing? Like the prince or king just arrived and he needs to take a little moment here. And like, and, and these behaviors are like entrenched, right? Very. And, and your mom's demeanor would change, right? Mm-hmm. So she's, can you just talk a little bit more about that, Robin, and how I want to talk about good girl and how it's like, how those behaviors and how those beliefs really shape, shape us as girls and women, and then how that affects us in our lives. Sure. I mean, I think good girl, you know, if we think, <clears throat> think about it from our own perspective as children, I think there's a few different ways that we're taught, you know, where we're taught directly and indirectly. And one of them is modeling, you know, what you're just speaking mm-hmm. to where I'm watching my mom and you're watching, we're all watching our moms and we're just watching how they do their life. You know, do they, will they leave the house without lipstick? Do they say things like, well, what will they think? You know, will they, do the opinions they speak when it's just the two of you alone, do those remain the same opinions when their friend is around, when their husband is around? Like you're just watching this whole thing about what it is to be a woman do we adjust ourselves? Do we hold true to ourselves? And, and what are the ways that we're adjusting to be pleasing or attractive or, you know, it just, you're watching this whole thing. So it's just role modeling, right? Yeah. That's one, that's one way we're learning. Another is in their dynamic, right? So you're speaking to how, you know, I'm waiting for dinner till seven 30 and I'm like, oh, are we going to eat already? <laughs> These kids always want to eat at like five. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I'm watching their dynamic, how they talk to each other, how arguments happen 
who ends up being the one that bends to make things work ultimately? Mm. Who, how do they handle money? <clears throat> how do they make big life choices? Who makes those choices really? Oh my you gosh, Robin, see, like, that's, a, that's a really good point. Like, I remember this. I just want to, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just thinking about that Please. in my family. It's like, I remember at least three times, and this, and that sounds frequent, but it, it was like growing up, it was like, my dad would come home and like, no word of a lie. He'd be like, so I just found a new house for us. And like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> my mom is like, like he was literally house shopping, like without my mom. Right. And then right. we're moving within like a month or two months. Like we are literally moving across the city. And because he found a new house and I mean, it was an upgrade. It was a bigger house, a nicer house, but she wasn't part of that decision-making. Unbelievable. Right. Right. So, so so fast forward 40 years and your partner's like, you're not allowed to have a voice here. Where did that, where did you learn that? You know? Wow. Yeah. It's like this, it's like silly, it's like silly putty. And it just like repeats and it repeats. It doesn't exactly repeat because all of us are in here trying to whittle away and like break down the cycles, but it takes a lot. Right. Yeah. And that patterning of, can you just imagine, imagine the audacity where you just unilaterally make life choices for an entire group of people without ever once talking to them? And you, and it doesn't even register you that something's off. Right. Cause right. he thought, oh, I'm like, we're like, this is a nicer house. Well, are you kidding me right now? And, I, I was like crying. I was like giving all my friends like shampoo and conditioner to say goodbye, like, like parting gifts. Cause we're moving like five, like 50 minutes away from where we like, grew up. Right. Right. So totally. <laughs> so you're watching. So it's, so it's direct, just watching your mom. If you're a girl and you know, if you're a boy, probably your dad, but whatever, you're just watching your parents individually. And then you're watching their dynamic, mm-hmm. right? And the dynamic teaches you so much about how patriarchy works and your role within it. And then there's how they're directly treating you, right. you know, their direct parenting. And I think within that, you could say how they parent when they're alone and also when the other one's there. And that's probably very different. The more patriarchal it is, probably the more different that's going to be. Um, but, you know, every family system is a little bit different. You know, like, are you allowed to say no? Will your no's be heard? Are you allowed to have an opinion that's different than your parents? If they want to sit at the table and talk about, you know, the news the whole time, do they include you in the conversation? Are they open to talking about things you might want also? Or do they just expect you to defer to them? Like, what are they teaching you in these moments? It's all teaching moments. It, right. Are you getting pushed into lots of house chores, but your brother can just like sit around and hang out, but maybe he's being drilled about like being athletic and you're not, or maybe you are, and you're watching these like dials be turned and it's all, all, it's all going in. In addition to then, you know, looking at movies and societal messages is just sort of like a f- finishing touch on the whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it really is. So you say like our job, our, like what we, what we all, what we're here to do, like, is to, we want to break the agreements that we were taught because yep. these are either going to be implicit or explicit agreements, right? Mm-hmm. So these agreements are like love means self abandonment. We want to break that agreement, right? Deeply abandoning yourself. Yeah, um, you know bowing down to whatever these people over yourself, right? Um, you want to break the agreement that compromise, that you compromise yourself and your happiness for others, which is very similar to what we, like that self-abandonment. Mm-hmm. Their happiness is more important than mine. And if I compromise, they, things will be better. No. No. Be loyal to your parents. I think those pretty much sum it up, but it's, it's really putting other needs, others' needs above yourself. 
Yeah. I mean, I think in a, in a sense, those are all the same agreement. In some ways you're it's saying the new agreement is that I operate in my life through, I hold on to my personhood, like my full personhood. I I'm not slicing off any little part of myself, my essential self to make anything work with anyone. It doesn't matter that the clerk at a store that's trying to sell you something you don't want and you just buy it to shut them up. It's like, we're not doing that. You know, like Mm -hmm. just say, please leave me alone. (laughs) You know, I'm not, you know, no. Right. With a friendship, a friend who's like, expects you to be there for them. But when you need them, they're just, they just won't, you know, or they won't reciprocate in certain ways that are just important to you. I mean, of course, all, all relationships ebb and turn and, you know, there's different circumstances going on. So it can't always be an exact match, but in general, you feel like people are showing up equally and holding the container equally with you. And you're not having to mute yourself, adjust your core values or scent cater to them in order to make things work. We're just not doing that anymore. But it's so much easier said than done because everybody has been indoctrinated to patriarchy and everybody is expecting you, especially if you're in a female body, to adjust yourself for them. This includes other women. Everyone's in on it, right? And so for you to say, hey, I'm I'm actually going to, I'm playing a new game. I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm doing win-win relationships. I'm doing staying in integrity with myself. I'm doing truth telling with my own self so I can bring authentic needs forward. And that's how I'm going to be living my life. Like you are at, that's really different. And it makes people who are deeper into good girl and the traditional way of operating uncomfortable. And I live in one of the most liberal places. I live in the Bay area. Right. And you think it's like the land of everyone's pushing against norms and they are to an extent, but even still, this is like a deeper norm. And as you, as we pull ourselves out of this one, it really changes your life. Yes. It just does. Yeah. But, it's but you get to have yourself. And you, you and talk about that too, right? Like during, during, I love the fact that a lot of your workshops, there's Q and A with the community that are actually taking it live. And yeah. I learned so much, even just from listening to these women ask the questions and you, you know, helping with guidance and answers. And one of the women asked that question. It's like, what? I am afraid that this is really going to change my dynamics with, with my, my mom, for instance, or my friends, like, and you're like, yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be, ne- it may not be a negative, co- like, you know, but it could be, it might, y- your friendships are going to change. Like things might change if people expect you, like you get this example, Robin, of, um, the one friend of yours that lives outside of where you live and you were constantly going there to see her. Right. And you were like, this doesn't feel like equitable. It doesn't feel, this doesn't feel right. I want there to be shared driving or take, we were both sharing effort (laughs) towards keeping our friendship going and time together. And she was like, when you talked to her about it, she was like, no, I I, I don't want to drive. Like, it's great that you're coming here and I love seeing you, but I'm I'm not willing to make that drive in reciprocity. Right. And you were like, well, you had to have that conversation because it was not aligned with where you wanted to be at. A good example of things having to change. It had to change. It, yeah. And she doubled down on that. She was like, it doesn't spark joy. It doesn't give me joy to have to drive 40 minutes to have tea with you. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, that's, hmm, you're, this is going the wrong direction, this conversation. <laughs> but, you know, it, you're, she's, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But I'm like, hey, I really appreciate her honesty. I'm sharing my, uh, my needs and my desire, and she's sharing her capacity and her limits. 
And this is one of those great moments that we have to learn how to navigate where her needs and my needs were not aligning anymore. And also the way she was saying it was really bothersome to me. (laughs) So that friendship ended ultimately, you know, after more discussion, but like, nonetheless, it just was like, okay, we're at an impasse here. I want a reciprocal relationship. And she's like, I want you to come visit me and that's it. Right. I'm like, well, okay then. Right. And so that's just a very, um, it's just so clear, right? But the example you gave about, he's allowed to be mad and he can tell me how things go, but I'm not allowed to say this, it doesn't work for me. It's the same thing. Right. You know, It's just like, we reach these moments with people where you're like, okay, we walked on a path together for a period of time and now our paths diverge. And yeah. I think this like till death do us part, which I really think is part of, um, you know, patriarchal entrapment. We need it's, but it's deep that we think that if we're close to someone, they'll always be there and everyone's on their own path. And we're, it's a blessing to be able to walk with them when we walk with them. But the person whose path you're always going to be on is yourself. That's the path you can't get off. And that's the path we're taught to stray from. And I think we're all learning in this work that nothing good comes from leaving ourselves the goodness, it's difficult, it's hard one, is when we can really stay true to ourselves and say, okay, if this doesn't work for you to meet me where I need to be met, then I wish you well. And then to be willing to like see yeah. that through in whatever ways we need to. And that's, that's that hard. so, so, so hard to do. But like you said, it's for your own, like, like that's loving yourself and like honoring yourself. And It is. Yeah. I'm going to, okay, something, yeah. another huge learning for me, like lightning bolt, I'm telling you, was, so last so this weekend I took your courses. So that was fantastic. I was like in school all weekend and I'm loving it. The weekend before I had received like the most disturbing, it was, you know, we're going through the finances right now and it's, it's not pretty at all. Like he's trying to, well, he is doing everything in his power to take advantage and be a taker and be a greedy, 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 greedy. And I was so upset that like, first, I was really angry, okay? Like, when I read this document, I got steaming mad. And then, this is interesting because you talk about this. And then I switched to being incredibly sad. Like, I was, I was crying for, like, a full day, right? Thinking, like, how could this be? Like, where am I? And, and, I, and when I reflected on what happened, and you talk about this in the course, around women are taught, like, because anger is not sustainable. It's not all healthy. You shouldn't have it. Um, we switch the feeling from anger to sadness and it like, and then it turns into this internal shaming almost. Um, like I was, I was sad about what he was doing to me. Right. He was like, I'm like, he's trying to hurt me, but I was also, it was, it was like, I, what do, how, how do I talk? How do I explain it? You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> My anger oh, yeah, switched almost immediately to sadness. Yeah. And then and then after I took your course, like I said, the lightning bolt moment, I after I took the anger, I'm like, oh my God, I totally did that. And I've done that before, where it's like I switched the anger into sadness. But actually, no, I'm not sad about this. I'm fucking mad. And I'm very angry. Yeah. And I'm still angry. Because it's like, and this anger is fueling me to actually act differently than I would have before. Now that is the best lesson in this for me anyways. Like, Robin, you have to stay angry. Like, this is not right. Like he is violating you on every level and you can't allow it. Right. But good girl would say, I, I feel like the sadness, it's what's, 
acceptable. It's easier. It's non-threatening because when women are sad, no one's really out there, you know, kicking ass and taking names when they're sad. (laughs) When we're sad, we kind of collapse. We like, you know, crawl on the sofa. We're like, ah, you know, it it becomes more internalized. Well, that's safe because she's not going to bother anyone. She can just go on, be sad and she'll leave us alone. Anger is not like that at all. Anger gives you oomph. Yes. Right. And oomph changes things. Oomph, Oomph pushes against the status quo. And you're like, this is bullshit. I'm changing this. And I, and I have the fire to see this through. Right. And that's why girls are taught not to be angry because we're being taught to fall in line. And I think so much of coming back into our power, I've had moments different, but similar to yourself where it's, you're just like, Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Right. And you have to find the fire to like actually see it through to the point where your fire is strong enough to not let someone dominate you. Right. Right. Cause if, you, cause if you, cause if you collapsed, he would just steamroll you and he's expecting to be able to do so. And you're yes, like, he is. Not this he's time, expecting dude. it. He's expecting it yeah. because I've in the past I've relented and I've been like, and then I go back to the good girl. Am I being loving? Is this really the person you want to be Robin? You know what? You're generous. You're kind. Bullshit. Yeah. Like I am all those things, but you're actually trying to hurt me and I'm not going to allow it anymore. Right. What is kind anyhow? If it doesn't include being kind to yourself, that's not kindness. That's self-abandonment. Exactly. <laughs> it's not it. It's, it's like there's so much gaslighting for women about what it is to be a good woman. Be What it is to be loving is so selfless. And we say it like that's a compliment, but it isn't. It isn't. It is not. To be able to hold yeah. true to yourself while also holding someone else in warm regard is great. But when they start trying to dominate you, disrespect you, steal from you, extract from you, we're done. We got to like, you know, it's we like an so animal. It's like some growling and some like nips and we then are... more. Yes. Whatever you got to do to be like, you can't take from me. It's not going to go like that. You're absolutely right, Robin. I, I'm, like I'm telling you, I, 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 I learned so much. I love you. Like, I'm like, I really needed to, I really needed to hear this from Robin this weekend. <laughs> It really no. sounds like the therapy session you need right now for your life, just to give you a like green light yeah, of like, you're great. on the right track. You should be mad. Yeah, I am mad. Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, you, you go through a lot of tools, which is like that we need to learn this, right? Because we don't want to be the volcano that's erupting and we sure, sure as heck don't want to be suppressing our anger. So you give the example, like you give a lot of examples, but like, you, okay, let's talk about like, like the steps, right? You, you've got like the stop, drop and roll, right? And that when would you use yep. the stop, drop and roll or the stop, drop and act, right? Well, I was joking, you know, because at least in American school, stop, drop and roll was like a thing that we were all taught in. Oh, us too. Uh, about okay. fire. Right. Yeah. Oh, you were too. Okay, great. Yeah. So it's just like, it's already in people, right? This like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Okay. So it's when you notice something's off. I think we have like a check engine light inside of ourselves, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? An instinct, a knowing, and it's talking to us all the time. You know, you put on a clothing item that feels right to you and there's like this sense of satisfaction. You're like, oh, that feels right. Even if mm-hmm. yesterday you put it on, it didn't. Today you're like, oh, that feels right. There's mm-hmm. a, oh, this tastes, this is nourishing to me. You're getting feedback all the time from inside of you about your needs. Well, this is all true when something's off. We have, we have an instinct that's like, hmm, and that's like the very first one. It's just like, hmm. And then it's, oh, that's annoying. Well, that's frustrating. Like, oh, that's really bothering. You know, 
And at all cases, as women, we're taught to ignore all that. Yeah. We're taught, we're so gaslit when we brought things forward. Hey, that doesn't feel good. I don't like how this person's talking to me. They're being mean to me. Like, I think they took my homework assignment. Like, ever, they didn't do that. You shouldn't be difficult. No, 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 no. So we, so because that's how we were often spoken to, that's what we'll do to ourselves. We'll say, huh, nah, I'm probably just making a big deal out of nothing. You should give people the benefit of the doubt. That's probably not it. That I'm saying, no, no. Trust your instinct. Your instinct isn't talking for no reason. Even if how you're intuiting it isn't quite right, you're not getting this mm, for no reason. So pull over, right? Stop, drop, so to speak. It's like go inside and listen to what this party was saying to you. Like mm-hmm. really journal, go for a long walk, go for a walk. That's long enough that by the time you're clear about what's being said to you, book an extra therapy session, call a friend, do whatever you got to do. To be like, hmm, something's happening inside me and I need to figure out what that is. So I can be clear what my needs are here. Right. This people skip over this. They'll just be like, I'm frustrated and then but then they don't really know what they're actually saying to people, right? You have to take a minute, whatever that might be for you. It could take 10 seconds, could be two days. We don't know. Where you're like, okay, I'm in sync with myself. I know what's going on. I know what I need. And then, you know, roll, act take action. What do you need to call this person? Do you realize you're being overcharged for a bill? Did whatever, 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 like take action and correct it. And in some cases, like the one you're dealing with, it's not going to be a one action. We're done here. Oh no. It's going to be a whole process, right? Where you're like, okay. And whatever support you need to fortify yourself to be able to see said process through. So we love, we love when it's a simple, you know, Verizon overcharged you moment. Like that's easy. <laughs> it's a phone call. We're done. Right. But it often isn't. And often it's like, Hey friend, you said this thing to me. It didn't land well for me. Let's talk that through in the future. Can you not speak to me that way? Right. I preferred this instead. And then you see that you gauge the receptivity because they don't have to change for you. They may say no, right. or they may say yes. And then go ahead and do it again. Or they, you know, and you're going to have to deal with that. We have to find the oomph to see things through, but it, it's really difficult to do when we're one, not acknowledging how wise our own inner knowing and our own intuition and our felt sense is about telling us what's going on. We're sensitive. It's useful. We need to trust that instinct. And then, but we have to learn how to listen to it. And that's where I think we might need some help. I think, you know, having a therapist, having a women's circle, having your good girlfriends you can process with can really help you sort through. Cause sometimes our first instinct isn't, it's not always right. Sometimes. Not always. Sometimes it takes them, peel back a couple layers. You're like, oh, this thing underneath. It takes a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then we're going to change things. You give an ex- you gave an example earlier around um, when you're in the, I don't know if this would be the stop or the drops, <laughs> but like let's say like things are just not not good, and you're um, you're like, okay, I need to, I need to take a break. I need to do something that's just going to help me out for a bit. Like, okay, you you watch a couple episodes of your favorite show and just like chill. Okay. And, but if you're on like five or six, seven, eighth episodes and you, you're still on the couch like hours and hours later, you're probably dissociating. You're probably numbing. This isn't, this isn't going to help you with the action stage, right? No. If you're like, well, you know, it is Sunday and maybe I'll just have a glass of rosé. You're like, girl, get up, go for a walk. Like do, you, it's fine for an hour. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. If you have to, if you just need like a suit, something soothing, yeah. fine, but you can't stay there. Right right? 
I mean, if I were to reverse engineer the, that same kind of moment, the better approach I think would be to one, just check on, on your basics. Have I eaten? Cause that's often not helping, right? You know, we're blow blood sugar. Have I exercised today? Have I, am I hydrated? Is there like anything pressing I'm not dealing with? Just get the like basics. That could be like 30 minutes and then go for a walk, go to the gym, go do something, get in your body. Cause the instinct is happening in there or like grab your journal and just, you know, like almost like morning pages, write for three pages till you get to the end and figure out what's, what am I actually annoyed about? Okay. Here's the kind of buzzkill. Sometimes it's us. Yeah. You know, we're the problem. <laughs> yeah. That's like, of course there's always two people and stuff. Like it's like, it's not always the other person. It's not. Sometimes no that's what I'm saying. Our first instinct that they're bothering me might be true, but maybe we, we invited them to do something and now we don't like the result. Sure. You're going to need to talk to them, but we have to own our part in it too. Like we have to look at like where we are, we are, we are part of the annoyance that we, you look at your bank account and you're like, I don't like what's happening there. It's like, yeah, well, how many times did you go out to eat last week? Like, what are you doing? Get off all these subscriptions. Like, what do you, let's be responsible about money. So you don't feel scared and mad at yourself, whatever the case may be, just as a simple example, how do we own our part of dynamics as well? And so, you know, it takes some nuance in there and we have to, we have to remove the like shame, blame, you're doing it wrong. Cause that will really jam us up and just be like, it's all just information. And how can we be how can we use this to learn how to operate in a more mature and self-loving manner? Yes. So, you know, the other thing you talk about, we don't have a lot of time left, Robin, but I did want to talk about this because this principle of, or the archetype of the maiden, mm -hmm. right? Yes. How there, there are still many, many uh, patriarchal based relationships going on in the world. I mean, and it's, it's not going away anytime soon, but we're working on it, right? <laughs> but um, it's about how we end up in this maiden place, and men want us to be in that place. And I loved this. I I loved what you said around, um, like when you are when you're tethered to somebody, you know, like that's that maiden dominating um, relationship. Yeah. Like let's say, like financially, you don't have your own bank account. That and your partner is like, you know, you're financially reliant on that person. We've seen this time and time again, right? You are you are physically financially tethered to your partner. You're in that maiden position. Like you're relying on that person for your finances. Um so tell us about the maiden archetype and then how yeah, how we get out of that position. Yeah. Cause we need to get out of that position. We all do. So I think it's taken from Jungian psychology. I learned about it through reading that amazing book, women who run with the wolves, which is yeah. like one of the, just like women's wisdom books. Right. Yeah. I don't even know if you could say, read it. It's like a tomb, you know, yeah. you're just like, right. So anyway, I learned about there. Yeah. And, right. And so there's these stages of the process that women go through in our journey of growth. Maiden mother or queen, and then crone. And patriarchy wants all women to stay maidens. And it's like, think about yourself when you were like 23, right? You're like going out in the world and your eyes are open and you don't know how things work exactly. You're operating entirely from your own conditioning. You're naive in a really sweet way. It's innocence. It's like innocence. You just don't know that you don't know. And, and you shouldn't. It's not, it's like you're young. And, um, 
maybe you don't know how to read the signs and red flags, but you're just looking for experiences. You're in a place of discovery and you're quick to hand your power over because you don't even know that there's a different way yet. And people are, and, but what you don't know is that other people can, it's like a target on your back. They can see that you're a maiden, right? And people your own age, this is not a big deal, but people that are older will take advantage of that. Countless stories of women being pursued by, you know, 20 year old older men. And the men absolutely know why they're pursuing that young woman, but the young woman doesn't yet. yet. Right. So there's a lot of like, you're walking yourself right into a bunch of hard lessons that at the time you don't know that they're going to be. It's later when you're like, say 47, six, like we are now looking back on it. And you're like, Oh my God, girl, no. Right. And you would just do everything differently, but you didn't know then. Patriarchy wants you to stay that way forever because someone's how does like a mediocre, not particularly mature, not wildly successful man experience a sense of superiority in his life? Well, he's got to find someone who's less together than he is. Yeah. Maiden. Wow. Right? He needs yes. maidens, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and, so, and so when women leave that stage and they go into mother, which means to be mother of yourself or queen, whatever you want to use for that middle archetype. And you're like, Hey, I learned some lessons and they were hard. I've got the scars to show it, but I've integrated them. I've learned, I've learned my own ground, my own worth, my own power, my own voice. I can hold myself. I'm not looking for you to hold me. I hold me. You can meet me here to the extent that you're holding yourself, but you're, I'm not looking for you to like be my parent. This isn't, I'm, we did that. I'm not doing that anymore. When women switch, men who were getting their identity from having this like young deferring woman freak out. And that's kind of why they're sort of like, I, I, I don't know how it is in your life, but my observation is somewhere between 37 and 45, everybody gets divorced. Not everyone, but so many people get divorced there's a heck of because, a of, it, because yeah. of this switch. Because mm-hmm. there's this invitation as women grow, will their partner grow with them? And some do. It's not always graceful, but they will. And then a whole other genre, the men are like, absolutely not. And then they become the cliche 50-year-old guy who's pursuing 30-year-olds. It's like, you know what I mean? Then they just Mm. do that. And they're just filtering back into that pattern. And then there's the rest of us that are like, no, we actually want to grow more and more into our power until later on crone, where it's just an even deeper integration. And I I think it's just really important to name within that, that it's so knew that women have the ability and the laws to be like, to be able to financially back up what I just said. Yes. You know, we, we're, we are really the first generation of girls who were born into a world where we just assume you can get a credit card and assume you can buy property and assume that you can have a bank account. It's new. It is new. And this is the first, and this is the first um, generation where women, girls are out graduating Mm -hmm. boys in university. It's like, you know, things are changing in the world. And it's like, I'm so happy to see it. But you're right. This is not this is all so, so new. It's so new. We take it for granted, but it's new. And what I want is for all women to when you know, you got to go through maiden, it's part of the process, but to actually do that next step of coming into mother or queen coming into their power, their sovereignty, as I like to talk about it. Yeah. And that's going to change everything about our lives. Because if your lives were created on a maiden foundation, when you switch into the you know sovereign queen mother self, it, things are going to change. And some people will come with you and some people won't. And we have to accept that. But it's 
that's not the point. The point is, do we have an intact, loving, whole, and like healthy relationship with ourselves? And that's, that's the gift. We're taught that that isn't what matters, that having someone else is what matters. And I really just want to reverse engineer that what matters most is that you have yourself. Yes. But that you could take, so you, people say that, but at, I think there's a process we go through where we learn to actually embody that. And once you have it, it's so hard won. You're not going to give it up for anyone. You just yes. won't. That's, that's where I'm at. And I, I'm working with an amazing therapist and this is what she is helping me with is, is it's coming back in. It is that queen sovereign, a whole, the whole woman, whole woman, yeah. right? That's where, and that way going forward, it's like we, we can, and we will have relationships that, that meet us in that equal. It's like, no, you can't yeah. take, I'm not going to give my, myself to you, like parts of myself to you. I will give you my love. I will give so much, but you're not going to take me. Right. And you're like, wait, you, you were going to control all the finances and you thought I was going to do that. Oh, hell no. Right. Like that's a choice a younger version of us might've made. But at this stage, you know, the cost of that. And you're like, never again, not happening. Yeah. No. Okay. You know? So you, you've got this amazing new course coming up, which I, I'm, I'm like, I got to take this <laughs> date, ah. like, date like a feminist. <laughs> Yes. Right. Date like a feminist is it's a game changer because I feel like that's the missing piece. So many relationships would never even happen if women knew how to date with their own needs in mind. Yes. And they knew how to vet people based on their own needs and standards and values. And, and if, if women had that part of the piece down, yeah, it's a lot of learning, but you're not going to get so invested with people that aren't a good fit because you actually know how to figure out if someone is a good fit. Yeah. We're not taught any of that. And so I just basically took 25 years of my dating experience of doing everything the wrong way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We do this in a more empowering way. And all through my forties, that's what I've been practicing. And like, it works. I mean, relationships I would have stayed in for three or four years in my thirties are done now in kind of three dates. It's like, okay. It's just like, okay, I can see what's going on here. I can see where we fit and don't. And I wish you well, you know, uh, that's great. Okay. So when is that? It changes. Start? So it starts on March 9th. Okay. It goes for eight weeks on Saturday mornings. People can attend live or just get the recordings later. But like you can see on the testimonials on the page, it's like really eye-opening for women because we never learn this stuff. Yeah. We just learned, does he like me? Perfect. Wow. And you're going on these, and like, are you the, maiden, the maiden in us would be going on these dates going like, um, oh, I like, I, I wonder if you think I'm attractive and like, oh yeah. no, like, did I say something wrong? Like, <laughs> you're like, it's all about him, 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 him. Like, no. Yeah. You're like, well, he's cute and I hope he likes me and that's it. Rather than like, do I really like this person? Do I feel do good I with like this him? person? Yes. It's like turning it all Is around. this healthy for me? Like, where do we align? Where do we not? Where are his values? Like, do we want the same things in relationship? Do we want the same things in life? Right. Right. And that's a completely different way of operating. So yeah, that's coming. I do it once a year and it's really, really amazing to watch women just like, whoa, okay. How different dating is for them once they have these skills. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm just, I, I've just loved our conversation and like, I just can't, Same. I'm going to continue learning from you and Hey, we're for new friends, you know, Robin from 1977, like, come on. What a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end our, um, this conversation with a blessing. It's all based on all the things that I've learned from you this week. So may mm. we release the good girl mentality 
regain our power, and instead focus on being good to ourselves, making space for emotional care and well-being. May we befriend our anger. May we learn to express our anger in healthy ways that will support ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And may we create nourishing lives and relationships by coming home to our true selves and choosing to express our authentic, sovereign self to others. May we come home to ourselves in all ways. So thank you, Robin Clark, for being with us today. beautiful. Hey, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Visit realloveready.com to continue learning with us. Please rate and review this podcast. Your feedback helps us get you the tools and guidance you need to form more loving relationships and create positive change in your life. We at Real Love Ready acknowledge and express gratitude for the Coast Salish people, the stewards of the land on which we work and play, and encourage you to take a moment to acknowledge and express gratitude for those that have stewarded and continue to steward the land that you live on as well. Many blessings and much love.